You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to episode number 10 of the Life After Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player interviewing other former players about their life after hockey journeys. And this podcast would not be possible without the help and support of the Hockey Podcast Network, a network of individual podcasts covering every single NHL market. Find them online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. And before we get to this week's interview, I'd like to take a moment and thank last week's guest, Haley Wickenheiser. It was an absolute pleasure and honor to interview Haley. I very much respect everything that she has accomplished in her career. And some of the highlights of the interview for me was her share on why she feels that she was so successful for so long. And it was also interesting to hear about the people that have influenced her along the way. She also talks about what she is up to these days in the medical field, as well as her role with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Episode number nine with Haley Wickenheiser. Don't miss it. Go check it out. And that brings us to this week's interview. A conversation with a top NHL draft pick and former NHL player that is now sharing his knowledge and experience with elite hockey players that are trying to make it to the next level. And he's doing this through his unique character building course and his high performance mindset training for individual players and teams. If you are into mindset and mental strength conversations, I think you're going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jason Padolin. Enjoy. All right, here we go. My guest today was born in Vernon, BC. He played his junior hockey with the Penticton Panthers of the BCJHL and the Spokane Chiefs of the WHL before being drafted 31st overall by the Florida Panthers in the 1994 entry draft. In 96, he won a gold medal with Team Canada at the World Junior Championships. And he went on to play 10 years professionally, including 41 games in the NHL with the Florida Panthers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Los Angeles Kings, as well as a couple stops in Germany and Asia. And he is currently a high-performance mindset coach for hockey players at upmyhockey.com. He is helping players develop critical mindset skills to fulfill potential and to fill, fulfill their potential and reach their ultimate goals. And I'm happy to have joining me today, Mr. Jason Padolin. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it, Lieber. I, I, I tried to channel my inner Craig West <laughs> right. in pronouncing your last name. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was as good as it gets. Hey, man. West is a hard act to follow. For sure. <laughs> he definitely is. Craig West, a former uh, play-by-play of the Spokane Chiefs, um, and I think currently with the Tri-City Americans. But that's 
I, I've I've played against you at times during during my career, but I, I mainly know you uh, because uh, or first came across you when you were playing junior hockey with my brother in Spokane, um, and and he says hi by the way. Oh, sweet. And uh, yeah, just want to start off with that. Any uh, any thoughts and memories from from your Spokane days? Oh gosh, yeah, probably the most memorable time of of my career, really. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm too far off, but most guys remember, you know, like pro is just such a blur. It seems like, you know, mm -hmm. well, especially my pro career, like everywhere and anywhere, you know, ups and downs and teams. And, but, uh, you know, Spokane was stable, right? I was there for four years. Uh, I had the same billets, you know, knew the league, knew the players. Uh, so I think like that, and plus they're such formative years, you know, playing, mm. playing junior, you're, you know, you're becoming, you're becoming a man there. And yes, I mean, tons of memories and yeah, definitely Libra was my, was my winger there for, for a couple of years. And, uh, we had some good chemistry together. He was a good fun guy to play with. And, uh, you know, geez, he was a little ahead of his time too. Like the size, the size he was and the, and the, and the way he was able to play the game in that era was pretty impressive. Your brother, your brother knew how to play the game. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good memories from, from back in Spokane. Yeah, thank you, thank you for saying that. I, I'm I'm a little biased, and I would I would have loved to see Greg uh, play in this era because he was always um, he was a smart hockey player, and and you know at his size, as you mentioned, playing against uh, you know over six feet, two hundred pounds, and he did well. You know what what could he have done in this era? But but that's all the woulda coulda shoulda and. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, we did well in that era. I mean, that was the. I mean, I'm. A, I love competitiveness, especially now in what I'm doing. And it's. I mean, it's. I. I think it's a skill that you can teach. I mean, if you can talk about it the right way and and frame the player's perspective around it the right way. But like your brother, you know, he, he wouldn't fight. You know, he would rarely hit. But that didn't matter because he would win puck battles, you know, and he'd get to he'd get those he'd get those pucks in those hard in those 50 50 areas and uh, and he wouldn't go away. Right. He wouldn't shy away from guys that were trying to do stuff to him physically. So, I mean, there's different ways to compete. And I think Lieber found a found a way to compete, you know, at his size that that made him very relevant in the league and very relevant as a pro. So, I mean, there's lots of ways to be competitive and, and to be uh, to be gritty. And, and he did it the way he could do it. And I think that translates into any era for sure. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, th that competitiveness and 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 grit, and obviously, I want to get into that with you, just with the whole let my hockey, like, um, you know, because because even you know, shine the spotlight back on on you just for a moment, just to uh, you know, you had a, a successful minor hockey career, and you were a highly touted uh, draft pick, um, and 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 that creates a conversation around, um, you know, talent versus that mindset. You know, if, if we, if we start the conversation there, what are your thoughts on, on, on your personal journey with how much talent you had versus when you had to kind of learn that mindset? Yeah. Well, mindset's such a broad <laughs> word, right? And that's one of the things that I really like to unpack when I'm talking, you know, whether it's with parents or, you know, scouts or even players, right? Like what does that mean to them or what does it mean to you? And, uh, I mean, I think mindset, I mean, generally we think mindset is being mentally tough. And I think that's the way I felt about it as well. I mean, growing up, like, was I mentally tough enough to be a hockey player? And there's a lot of ways that you can frame that, you know, are you going to go into those areas we already talked about? You I mean, can you pay the price to, to make a play? 
can you overcome sitting on the bench for what you think is no reason and be able to give your best effort the next time you get an opportunity? You know, like these are these are scenarios that uh, that arrive uh, in a player's life, and you don't know when they're going to come all the time, but you have to be ready to handle them. And uh, and I think I was mentally tough in that scenario. I think there was a lot of stuff that went on, um, especially back in that era. You know, I mean, you were mm-hmm. tested constantly by coaches in different ways than guys are now, and there's there's different levels of uh, you know. <laughs> of battle, I guess, that you go through. So, I mean, I, I think that my talent and my mental toughness that way were, were pretty solid. Um, what was tough, I think, as a pro was like figuring out the growth mindset side of sport of like, when do you stop getting better? Or why do you stop getting better, right? And what is your identity as a player? And how does that morph as you become a pro? Because you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to find your way to the NHL. And in that process, I mean, there's different ways to handle that. And I think that was something if I was to go back on uh, that idea that you're never done, you know, there's always another level to get to. Um, So, and you don't know it at the time, but I think that's when I'm speaking to some of my athletes today that are, that are highly talented players. That's one of the things that maybe you don't really dig into because it becomes, it's easy, right? Like that, that aspect of the game has been easy, right? So you don't, you're not really consciously worried about being good because you've been good, right? What you're maybe worried about is these other intangibles, what they be mental toughness or whether they be, um, you know, how gritty you are, or who knows what you're actually working on, but it's usually not about your skill set. And at least for me, it wasn't. And I definitely saw that in some other players that were maybe more highly skilled um, on a nat- naturally, you know? So I think, I think that's uh, so. It's a whole gamut, right? As you know, right? How do you approach your game? How do you approach your life? How do you investigate? Have a self investigation about yourself to find those rocks that need to be overturned, you know, so you can continue to get better, even as a pro, even like a Sidney Crosby who's still at thirty and Hart Trophy and Stanley Cups. Like he goes to the rink with an idea of how he's going to improve. Like that's a that's a mindset thing to me. Yeah, there's there's so many. Uh, challenges that come up and and I guess you don't really learn um, what you're made of, so to speak, un- until you come up to these challenges. And, and I think everyone at some point in their career kind of gets to that point where th- they have to learn, um, you know, I'm going to have to put a little bit more effort or attention on, on this aspect of my game. For me, you know, playing minor hockey, it, I didn't really have to think about it so much until I got to the junior level and okay, I'm going to have to get myself in a certain mind frame. And, 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 and I don't know really where kind of the, the, the grit and resiliency comes from. It was just something that was, that was, you know, it inside you, so to speak, like, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on, on that. Like, you know, talking with, with, um, you know, young hockey players, how does the conversation, how do you share around grit and resiliency and, and how they can like develop that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I mean, and I, I do believe those, those intangibles are things that can be grown and developed. Like that's, that's my starting point for sure. And some people don't hold that belief, you know, and, and we're not on this show right here to challenge that and, or argue it, but I definitely understand there's, there's both sides of the spectrum, right? And there's a lot of guys that make decisions in the hockey world that believe either you have it or you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where I think the people that I work have a massive advantage because if they start believing that they can improve it, and these other guys don't think it's something that you can improve, you arrive at the scene and a different person, you know, you show up differently. They think you're one of those guys now, right? Yeah. They think that you're one of the select few. So, I mean, as far as grit and resiliency, you're talking about, 
it is naturally within some people more so than others, right? You, we've all seen it. Like some guys just will not quit, right? They just won't go away. It's just something that is is inherent in them. Now, I think when you talk to a player that maybe that isn't as natural, it isn't it isn't something that just they're predisposed to do. When you can talk about things um, preemptive of the event right? That there is going to be something, whether it's a bag skate or whether it's a, you know, a coach sitting you or whether it's, or you're on the wrong line or whatever the case may be, there's going to be things that are come up for you that are going to define you and they're going to define your career. And they're going to tell you what you're all about. Cause when you're in the moment, and if you haven't thought about those things in that way, you're in the storm and you don't even recognize that it's a storm, right? And you're kind of floundering around, you're flopping around. But if you're in that now analyzing yourself and saying, hey, how am I going to respond to this? And how is this going to make me stronger when I come out of it, right? What am I going to learn from this? Like when that is the discussion you're having internally, you make different choices because you can make a choice. Like that's the thing, right? Some guys just respond and some guys can make a choice and react, right? And so the guys that I'm talking to a lot of times is getting them ready for that moment. So when they're in it, they can make a different choice that maybe they might not naturally take, but now they're they're wired to be like, okay, I want to be a hockey player. Study what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. This is who it's for. There's all, a lot of whys wired in there, and now all of a sudden you start making different decisions. Yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of layers to this conversation, and that's I was actually you know getting excited to like talk to you about it because this is this is what you're involved in. You know, I think there's I, I I'm I'm in the school of thought that you can develop your grit and resilience. I, I'm on the school of thought that you can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can develop those behaviors and you can develop those behaviors through your habit, through your routine, and even just through your awareness. You know, because some kids might not have ever had the thought that they could even think that way or, or that, you know, that, that they had somebody um, behind them kind of, kind of helping them to, to empower themselves, like to, to, to evoke it out of the person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, learning different ways to different perspectives to, to approach the game or, or, or to approach a different situation. Like I believe you can, you can definitely adjust your, your behavior to, to shift your, your grit and resiliency. Um, and, and again, like I, I, um, you know, I, I, I always thought to, you know, playing the game, I, I got into kind of visualization was kind of the first thing. And then kind of like, uh, you know, more of a thinking um, power of words, thinking positively was kind of the next thing when I was in minor hockey. And, um, you know, what um, just, you know, I guess we'll jump around a little bit. What, what are some of the kind of things that for kids to like start thinking about um, kind of like for the first step, you know, when, when, when kids are, are, or, or, or anyone for that matter, mm -hmm. um, is, is learning about, you know, resiliency mindset and grit. Number one is perspective. And you, you mentioned it earlier in my opinion, and it's, and it's training your perspective mm -hmm. because, you, whether you want to be positive or whether you want to be neutral, pick either one. Just don't be negative. Like yeah. negativity doesn't serve anything, right? So when you walk into, I mean, COVID right now, and I've used it before in some of my trainings, is a, is a perfect example. So we're surrounded by an event right now, circumstances, an environment that is around us. Everyone's going through this thing, right? Not everybody is floundering. 
right? Not everybody is struggling. Now, why is that? I mean, there's definitely, I mean, and now we're talking kids, right? There's, there, there's socioeconomic things. There is financial things that's impacting people differently. But when you talk about hockey, let's just say hockey in a nutshell, right? So the kids are playing hockey. Some guys aren't, some guys can only practice. Some guys aren't on the ice. Some guys are doing okay with this. And it's a perspective thing, right? Because you can feel sorry for yourself about not being able to play and, and it's your draft year and scouts aren't looking at me and I don't get a chance to play and I love playing and I'm a game player. And you can, you can be building up that Rolodex of reasons why this sucks. Or you can actually be training your perspective to see how is this an advantage for me? Yeah. And when you start asking those questions, the proper questions to give you the answers that are going to move you towards what it is you want to do, which you're telling people you want to be a hockey player, it's on you, right? That perspective is on you, but not, not total accountability. And that's where people like you or me or whoever, coaches, mentors come in to be like, you start guiding those thoughts. You start guiding those questions. So they start getting to the right answers that are serving them and what they want to do. And I think that's, that's like, that's ground rule number one, right? Because if you're, if you're living in this toxic negative environment, internal environment about what it is that you're actually focusing on, how do you thrive in that? I mean, you can't, it's like living in a toxic workplace, right? Like where you don't like your work, your, your, uh, your coworkers, your boss is a jerk. I mean, all these things are happening. It's really hard to be productive and be at your best in that environment. So if your internal scenario is like that, are really hard to be your best. So that's the first thing I work on with guys is their perspective. What, what are they focusing on? Where's their intention? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, um, are, are you going to be a victim of your circumstance or, or are you going to, you know, make a powerful choice and choose which direction you want to go? Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's been a lot of things for me, um, in, in life and, and, and after playing the game that, that I've, um, kind of used those those mindset traits that I've learned in hockey but used them in life and I always thought oh it you know it it, it wouldn't it, it would just dawn on me that that you know that that the the elements of of overcoming change or circumstances the same in sport as it is in life you know it's 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 how you're viewing it your 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 perspective absolutely um well and you go I mean you know, I have a podcast too, right? So, and, and I'm, and I'm talking, we're usually talking of semi-serious sentimental look at guys' journey, right? And, and I've had hall of famers on the show. I've had, you know, a thousand game NHLers, every story that is a crossroads for that player, every story of the, the greatest adversity in their life is, was the game changer for them becoming who they were. Hmm. So think about that in the moment, right? Like in the moment when you're going through it, it's the shittiest time you've ever experienced right? Yeah. Everything's against you. The walls are up. Coach doesn't like you. you. You have an injury, whatever the case may be, like the worst scenario. When guys find a way to get through that, that's the piece that makes them stronger. And that's the part where they now understand and trust and believe in themselves that they can do whatever it is they want to do. And sometimes have to, some guys have to go through it again and again and again, but those are the success stories. The success stories come from the failures and the adversity. And I think that when we're talking about perspective and intention, when you can program a guy to recognize that challenge as now here is my defining moment, don't you come at that a little differently, Lever? Hmm. Right? Don't you instantly, inherently be like, man, this is my time? Absolutely. It, it, and, and that's such a great point. And, um, you know, it even speaks to anyone that's that's gone through something at some point, for the most part, it's a generalization, but the you'll you'll hear you'll hear people say I, I would never change a thing i would i wouldn't change a thing because that's who it allowed me to become and it's yeah it's the same in sports same in life 
And and that's a that's a beautiful point. Um, you know, w- one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you know, I, I talk a, a lot about, you know, this this podcast, Life After Hockey, and it's about, you know, the transition, the change, changing from a career playing pro hockey into something else. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about during your career was your trade from Florida to Toronto. And I know that was I, I know that was a trade that you didn't see coming. And, and, and more so like maybe talk about what was going through your head and how you would possibly um, have navigated it differently knowing what you know now as far as the, the mental capacity. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about that a little bit before. I mean, definitely, well, we've already hit on it, really. I mean, I guess the, the context of that trade matters. I mean, I, I'd been fresh off of four years in Spokane which, you know, not traded, right? Kind of a cornerstone of that organization. Uh, so, and and had always been sort of like the guy, right? I felt when I went to Florida that I was going to retire a Florida Panther. Obviously, that's a naive thought, but that's just, that was what I thought. Yeah, it was my belief yeah. system, I think is a better way to put it, right? My belief system was that. Um, I was going to be a Florida Panther. I was going to play in the NHL and I was going to retire as a Florida Panther without you mean really consciously, you know, I didn't have it journaled out, but that was what I, that was what my belief system was. So now in my first year pro, um, having a really successful, you know, first year pro really, I mean, I was a point of game guy in the minors as a 20 year old, which is not easy to do. Um, so I was, you know, I was, I was doing well at the pro level. I I had 19 NHL games under my belt. I'd played against my childhood idol and Mario Lemieux, um, in Pittsburgh. I'd scored my NHL goal, you know, like things were coming. You know, I mean, it wasn't like I was lighting up the NHL, but I was in a fourth line role with, you know, uh, you know, we were all rookies myself and, and, uh, and Chris Wells and, you know, uh, somebody like Dave Memorowski sometimes. So we were just sort of filling our role, right. We were growing into the league and growing into ourselves. So it wasn't like we were failing on expectations or anything. Everything felt fine. Um, and then as business hockey is a business and, and, uh, Florida was just off their Stanley cup, uh, final. Right. So they, they had a competitive team. They were in the playoffs and obviously, you know, the window short to win in the NHL. So there's not a big window there. They thought they had their opportunity and they wanted to make another push for the playoffs. So I had just got sent down and it was trade deadline day and talk about being naive. I mean, obviously the hockey world is way different than it was then, but I didn't even know it was trade deadline day. Like you imagine being a pro hockey player now and not knowing that it's trade deadline day, right? Like I, I had no idea. I was in Greensboro, North Carolina, sleeping in my bed. No idea it was trade deadline day. My phone rings, wakes me up. And uh, it's the Toronto, well, it was actually Brian Murray. Brian Murray called and told me in, you know, two and a half minutes, maybe less, that I'd been traded. And uh, best of luck. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to be calling me. So sure enough, the Toronto Maple Leafs called. It's Cliff Fletcher uh, telling me that I'm going to be on a plane in two and a half hours. And and off I go to Toronto. So, you mean, it, I, mean I, I, could, I should tell that story a little better. I mean, like, that's that's a phenomenal chain of events. Right. Like from being asleep in your bed in North Greensboro, North Carolina, believing you're going to retire a Florida Panther to getting a phone call telling you to be on a plane in two and a half hours to a city at that point I'd never been to, to players that I've never met before, to coaches that I've never seen uh, and leaving all the buddies. And I mean, everything that was in Florida, right? Like my I'm not in Florida, but in Greensboro, like my car, like my possession. I had one suitcase off. I was going and I was playing against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers the next day at at, uh, Maple Leaf Garden. Right. So and 20 years old, you're, at the time? You're 20. Well, I just turned 21. So I was my first year pro I was 20 year old, but I have February birthday. So, I mean, I just turned 21 and, um, and yeah, I mean, so that, you I mean, you asked me what I would do differently. Like, so like that whole, 
whatever that was, let's even call it the month, right? The month I was with Toronto, but like for sure, like that first 48 hours was like, you know, blur, complete blur because there's so many things that are going through your head outside of how the hell am I going to play in the game against Eric Lindros and the Legion of Doom, right? Mm. Um, thought I played actually pretty well. I, I I got a tape for the first time, to be honest, just like months ago of that game. I'd never seen that game before. Um, mm. Thought I did, thought I did well, actually. I mean, I, I appreciate the way I played. Like, I, I think I gave my beat myself up a little more than maybe I should have about, I mean, how I actually showed up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, trying to trying to figure out what it meant to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, try to figure out who's a friend in the locker room, try to figure out you know the relationship with the coaches, your way to the rink. You know, I mean, like all these things is like was huge. And um, so, to answer your question, I, I would have been more a professional in my approach prior so instead of like thinking about where i was i should have done a lot more thinking about where i wanted to be and where i wanted and where i needed to get to because in my mind playing as a toronto maple leaf with that jersey on i i had never really done that before you know I mean so it was new like my my physical skills were there but my head wasn't ready for it because i just never really embrace the fact of what that was you know what i mean and because it was so new and because i wasn't really well adept at even like the visualization uh, aspect of that like there was no way for me i didn't think there was any way for me to be ready for it i know that differently now i know like right now these kids that are 18 that i'd be working with um you know that are drafted players they should already be thinking about what number they're playing for they should be seeing themselves on that ice in whatever rank that they want to be in who their line mates are they should have played so many shifts in the nhl before they actually get there that it's just it's like they've been there for 10 years already and I, I think that uh, I thank you for sharing that because I mean there's there's so many pieces to for, for me to to kind of unpack like especially being first of all you're 21 like you, you're 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 essentially a, a kid still and 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 what I love about what you're doing now is is even to to be aware of those situations um, for or potential situations for for hockey players like you know you don't even think you don't think to um, wonder about getting to the rink. How am I going to get to the rink? Or, you know, if who, who am I going to ask? Who, who, who am I going to reach out to? Who am I comfortable to reach out to on the team? Um, you know, you're, you're in this NHL world. This is the highest level. And, you know, you, you could be still thinking about your, your, your car, back in, uh, back in the minors. So, right. you know, I, I think there's, I, I love what you're doing. Cause, cause I, I, I think it, it's, it's definitely, um, an area that's, that's lacking. Um, there's a gap there in the market kind of for, you know, getting to the, the next level, but, but what, um, you know, some of the mindset pieces or, or things, other things to consider along the way that you might not consider, um, Libra, here's the thing though, right? And I think you can speak to this and this comes up again and again and again. So like, I'm, I'm telling you the story now as a 44 year old man looking back, right in the moment, I knew it was a shit show, right? I knew there was all this stuff going on, but I, I didn't consciously feel overwhelmed at the time. Mm. You mean like, I thought that I had it together. You mean like, I thought, like, I thought I knew the way to go about it. You know what I mean? Like I thought I knew, like I was comfortable enough to walk into that room, but like, but you don't know. Right. And that's like, that's one of my biggest messages now is like to be humble enough to understand that you don't know. You think you know because you have to do a lot of things right to get to that point, whatever that point is. Right. Yeah. Things have to go well. You got to be mentally tough. You got to be skilled. You got to be all these things to get there. But you still need to be humble enough to understand that you don't get it yet. 
you know? And when you do understand that now it's like, what would I say to myself then? I'd be like, ask questions, get into some veterans stall, ask questions, be humble enough to say, man, what the hell are we going to do tonight? Or how, whatever that thing is, right? Like you got, you got to ask questions. You got to be engaging. The relationships matter. Um, and you don't know it, right? You don't know it all. So find some support cast and whether it's someone like me or whether that's somebody like an agent, whether whoever that is, uncle Bob, like you need to have a support team around you that you trust that you can ask questions to and don't do it by yourself because that's never the right way to do it. Yeah. I think that, I think that comes back to that awareness piece. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're helping kids be aware of the things that they wouldn't even know to be aware of. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's a great, um, lesson to, to, to ask questions and, um, you know, cause I mean, looking back on it, you know, there, I don't think there's a the veteran, I, I guess, I don't know. I, there might be a few, but most guys are going to want to help you out. Most guys have been in that situation before. Most guys will probably, you know, gladly at least point you in the right direction. Um, so, so yeah, being able to reach out, I think is, is, is huge. Um, and, and just to touch on even, even that perspective, what, what went through my mind, um, was even, I think something that you talked about in one of your interviews, I think with, uh, uh, Tyson Nash about the draft. So just to, to speak to it again, because I feel like these things just need to be, to be said, the awareness of, what does the draft mean? Do you want to do you want to take that one? <laughs> well, it means what you want it to mean. Uh, true, right? you know what I mean. Like, and, that, and that's the whole thing. So, some guys, it's, it it defines them. And whether you're first overall, tenth overall, like this is like affirmation to you mentally that I am, I am the best player in the world. You know, and and I, and that can. What does that mean to you? Right. What, what what does that mean to Sidney Crosby? It means well, I better get up at five thirty the next morning, and I got to go to work because there's five thousand guys chasing me. And some guys get complacent with it, right? And think, oh, I'm the best. What I I can go and maybe have a couple of beers with the boys this afternoon, right? So it means what you want it to mean to ask the answer that question. And and as a as a hockey advisor, you mean I say it doesn't mean anything, right? Like it is a one tiny little snapshot of a spot in your career that will mean not too much five years from now, right? And so it's like what you want that to do, uh, and what you want that to mean to you. So um you know, Nasher, I think we I mean, if I remember correctly, he was like, I don't even think he got drafted. I think the first year and then the second year he went like whatever, like in the last round or something. Right. And, and, uh, he said he, uh, there was a lot of tears if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, he was very vulnerable at that. And then he said, you know, he picked his, he, he picked himself up and put his lip back in his mouth and, and, uh, and use it as fuel. Right. He's just yeah. like, F these guys. You know what I mean, like I'm going to show every day. And I think for him, like that almost became his identity for the rest of his career. Like I'm going to show you, right. And I'm going to show you and I'm going to show you and I'm going to earn this because I, now I need to, you know, and obviously that's a choice, right? Cause a lot of guys could be drafted there and be like, Oh, I'm never going to get a chance in the 10th rounder. Yo, why don't guys like me? This isn't, maybe this isn't for me. And then, then that perspective, there's a different narrative off that story, right? They're telling themselves a different story. And Tyson told them one that's that empowered him, Right. And got him, got him in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and that goes back to the other point of of those pivotal moments in your life that can, you know, define you either, either way. Yeah. I think I think the draft. My take on the draft is that it can be motivating, however, however you want it to be. I just got drafted in the first round. I'm going to show you that I belong here, or 
I didn't get drafted at all. And I'm going to show you that I belong here. You know, it's, it's the same thing either way. And I think it's, you know, again, like just speaking to, um, you know, these, these situations and, and, you know, different ways to, um, have perspective and and awareness around, um, just it's adding to the conversation for young hockey players to, to approach it differently, to see it differently. Um, you know, and, you know, moving towards kind of the, your life after hockey, you're, you're, you're doing, uh, the mindset work with, with players now. And I know you didn't directly go into it right after your career. Can you tell us about how, how your transition to life after hockey was? And, and if you knew exactly what you wanted to do? I don't think we ever know exactly what you want to do, but, um, but I actually, I feel, I feel really at home where I am. I mean, uh, right now, I think, you know, I think my own story is kind of, you know, I mean, uh, I, I guess transitional to even what we were talking about. Like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like, I, I say, I say that a lot. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, it's a really powerful statement if you just think and think about that, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. So, what you can do with that new information um, is on you, right? And 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 the direction you go uh, because of that new information. Uh, could take you to some really, really cool places. And I think that was, for me, it was looking me in the face the whole time. I didn't really see it, right? That, you know, I have a, I have a perhaps a little bit different perspective on the sport. And I think one that is being missed a little bit, like I think there's a huge opportunity right now for guys, especially like right now too, like with people not on the ice and people not being able to play the game that they're used to be able to play it, like mm-hmm. to be able to grow aspects of yourself, they're going to make you a better player. Um, is huge, you know, and I think, I think being able to see and reflect on what I did well and where I could have done some help and to be, you know, as unbiased as I can on that helps. I think that, uh, I think that being a massive cheerleader for people, like just for me naturally, like helps. I mean, I want guys to do awesome, right? I mean, that nothing makes me happier than seeing guys succeed. Like when my clients like make a team that they didn't think they were supposed to make, or, you know, they're leading the team in goals and they weren't even supposed to make the team. Like when I, when I see stories like this, like, how do you not get fired up? You know, like, and and then you start talking about purpose, right? Like, I think that is like the underlying thing of, when my career, like to shift this back to my career a little bit, when things were going really well, it was about somebody other than me. It was about us, right? And when you get in those championship teams and you start pushing for something, when it becomes now spotlight's not on you, like it's on the collective and how do we do this together? That's when it's really, really gratifying. And that's when sport really becomes what it's supposed to be. That moment that we talked about when I got traded to Toronto, I mean, like Toronto wasn't in the playoffs. I didn't know anyone there. It was all about me right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week is about me and how I'm trying to manage this, right? Like that's, that's a real toxic pool to be in, right? So now looking back on my, on my career, when did I play my best? When did I have my best memories? When, when was the team most cohesive? It was all when we were worried about each other, right? And so now in my post-career, when I'm not worried about me and I'm worried about how Johnny's doing and how so-and-so's doing and how can I make a collective group better? And how can I, how can I get my message out to these people? Like, that fires me up, you know, because it's like, it's not about me. It's about me trying to get people better. And I think that's a really cool environment to live in. And I think, I mean, that really probably transfers to, if you can find that kind of why in whatever it is you're doing, um, I think that's when it becomes a little more juicy and, you, and you're a little more excited to get up in the morning. 
I, I can feel your energy and, and, you know, this kind of a role definitely um, feel, it feels good on you. And, and again, that, that can go back to that same point about um, how our journeys define us and what you've experienced. And now you're finding a lot of value and purpose in, in, in helping the kids coming up. And, and, and I love the point about, you know, especially right now, you could, you could look at, you know, the whole COVID and shutdown of hockey leagues as a, you know, uh, uh, as an opportunity or, or it's something that, you know, you could paint that it's, you know, I didn't make it because, you know, you, however you want to put that into perspective, whatever, whatever you want to play in your mind, like it's, it's a great time for kids to, to be, um, honing their mindset. And, and this is exactly, uh, it's a great test to see what, you know, where, where your mindset is. And, and um, can you tell us about kind of like, you know, how you work with kids or, or, or the services that you, that you're providing for kids right now? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, yeah. It, there's different capacities for sure right now. I mean, I, I started out mostly focusing on generating one-on-one -on -one clients, uh, which was super successful and, and really rewarding. You may already kind of, you know, got fired up about a couple stories that, that, that have happened recently. And, um, and it is, I mean, it's awesome, but it's, it's, there's a lot of time involved, like emotional time, mental time, you know, and, and it's a, there's a finite number of people that I can help doing that. Right. So I thought I would try to, uh, you know, cast a wider net and, uh, and be able to impact some more people. So, I mean, I've, I've been working, uh, with teams lately this year, like I've definitely uh, done that. So we can do workshops with, through zoom. It's great. You know what I mean? Everyone's getting used to that. So I don't have to be in person with, with, uh, with players or with teams, uh, and also courses. You know what I mean? I, I developed a, a championship character course and I've developed a, a mindset masters course that is hockey specific. Um, both, both are delivered in a way that I think is is different because I'm talking about character as a skill and about character as as skill that's going to make you a better hockey player. When you're dealing with kids, like and I mean, geez, I, I've had kids as young as eight take the take the course and and you know and get lots of stuff from it. But when you're dealing with with kids, you know how it goes, right? You need to be interested in something to have it really matter to you, right? right. And and when you when you have like what parent in there out there doesn't want their kid to have high character or have high moral standards or ethics or be a good teammate. I mean, all these things are kind of like universally accepted as being good things, but how is that message actually delivered to the player? Right? Like why, how does that become important to them? And when you can make it important to them because they become better at being a hockey player and they become more desired as a hockey player and they have better chances now of becoming an NHL player that they want to be, guess what? They listen a little closer. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're talking, we've been talking about perspective the whole time. So now the perspective on this thing changes, right? They're not worried about life after hockey. No, no, no offense to your, your uh, podcast title, obviously. Right. But like, I remember those days, like, you know, we know what well, the hockey's going to be over at one point. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I'm not worried about that. You know what I mean, when I'm 18, I'm not worried about life after hockey. I'm worried about right now and what team I'm playing on now, where I'm going to be playing next year and what line I'm on and how many points I got last night. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. So when you can talk about character in a way that now makes that compelling for that player and be like, oh yeah, like, boy, that would be cool. If I became, if I became more competitive, if I had that type of a character trait, then this, it means this. Oh, and if I, if I, if I have more gratitude, I can handle resilient. I can be more 
I can be less anxious before a big game. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, let, let me hear more about that, right? So when, when you start talking about these things on that level, you get buy-in and you're speaking their language, right? So I've had a lot of success with that. And that's kind of, you know, that's that's where I'm going with this. So there's a, kind of a few different options there. There's team, there's courses online, um, or there's private one-on-ones with me. And, and uh, I mean, it is a lot of work in its own way because you're only a one-man show, but, uh, but it, whatever, it's fun. I mean, I enjoy it. No, it's, it's, it's all great. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you don't think about your, your, your life after hockey, definitely during your career. And, and, you know, what I can see even from, you know, a parent's perspective of what you're offering is these character traits that these kids are learning through sport. They're going to be able to use that in life whenever they get to their life after hockey. And that's and that, the part I go, Shh, right? Because like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Of course, yeah. right? Of course they're going to use it, but you don't need to tell them that right now, right? I mean, yeah. you become a better person. You're going to become a better player. I guarantee you that. And I guarantee you're going to get more opportunities. I'm going to guarantee your career is going to be longer. I'm going to guarantee you're going to have better relationships. It's going to help you with networking. You're going to be a better plumber, ca- carpenter, whatever it is you want to do afterwards, it's going to help too. But if you can frame that as being, hey, you're going to be an amazing hockey player because you're working on this. Now, all of a sudden, you you got a little bit more magic behind it. Yeah, I think that's the magic of sport. Like, there's so many things that we can we can learn uh, in life through sport. And, you know, before I let you go, yes, you do have the Up My Hockey podcast. You've had some great guests. Is there any kind of memorable guests or memorable messages that have stuck out to you so far? Oh man, like I'm actually just trying to go through the first 48 now um, and try and do a best of like sort of each episode. Cause I mean, you definitely have recency bias, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, um, there's been so many great episodes. I mean, you talk about Tyson Nash. I absolutely love that episode, you know, but like it was a while ago. And if you wouldn't have said it, I probably wouldn't have brought it up. You know, Um, I loved his story of his first NHL camp. Maybe do you remember that story? Like of him him running over Pavel Dimitra, having to fight three guys. His coach wouldn't let him off the ice. And he knew no one was going to like him. And he went in with the mindset that everyone on my own team is probably going to hate me at the end of this. But he's like, they're going to remember me, though. And I'm going to do everything I can to make this team. Like, that story, like, those stories just, like, give me goosebumps. You know, like, there, there's so many defining moments for these guys that that made them become who they were. Um, I mean, how do I not forget David Quinn, you know, head coach of the New York Rangers, uh, I've been told by many, like, that's the thing. Like there's a massive religion around the Rangers, right? In New York, which I'm unaware of because I'm on the uh, West coast, but like, I've been told by lots of people like in the media industry, that's the longest interview that David Quinn's ever done. Most in-depth interview ever done by David Quinn. They're like, how did you do that? I'm like, I have no idea. We just kept talking, you know, like, um, and he gave so many great points. Like there's so many takeaways for players and that, like, um, I definitely encourage people to listen to that one. Another good one is, uh, wait, the player stories are awesome. I mean, it all depends, I guess, how you're wired, right? Because the coach stories are amazing because it's like, th- these are the guys that are blowing the whistle. These are the guys that are calling your name. You should probably want to know what they're thinking, you know, yeah. like as a player. You should probably want to know that. Sure. You can also want to know what other guys have gone through as players, right? Like what stories have made them get to where they want to go? And then I've had scouts on too, right? Like you might want to know what scouts are thinking, what they're looking for, where they value character and these intangibles, right? Outside of... Uh, how good you can you can toe drag or do a one timer, right? Because a lot of these things matter, and I think those are those are the areas, uh, Libra, where if we shine a light in these dark places for a lot of players, you know, and parents for that matter, yeah, the you know the light clears the darkness, you know, and now you're able to make a decision because again, going back to the thing, you don't know what you don't know. If you start knowing what you don't know, now you can make different choices, and that's kind of the idea behind the podcast, and definitely the idea behind what I'm what I'm doing with uh, with the clients. 
Yeah, it's it's such a, a great resource. And and again, you go back to COVID and you have a lot of time on your hands, you know, to to listen to what a an NHL scout or coach is thinking as a player, I would think is hugely valuable. So I'd I'd recommend all the all, any <laughs> life after hockey podcast. If you're still playing hockey, go listen to, to up my <laughs> hockey. <laughs> but, uh, no, I wanted to finish um, with your philosophy uh, that I took from your website. You say, I believe we are here to continually evolve into greater versions of ourselves, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, I absolutely agree with this and, uh, see you doing this in so many different ways, evolving from, you know, your, your hotshot, uh, uh, hockey days to, uh, now, you know, giving back to, to the kids coming up. So, um, I acknowledge you for that and uh, thank you very much for doing this. Hey, Libra, anytime, man. Um, love supporting a fellow podcaster. So if you ever need a guest, uh, hit me up, man. I'm here for you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Jason. And uh, yeah, take care and maybe we'll uh, do this again soon. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks. Right. Thanks. I really enjoyed that conversation. And the part that sticks out for me the most was when Jason was talking about the people that he has interviewed on his podcast. He mentioned that every story seems to have a crossroad and to his guests, that crossroad has always been the game changer for them to become who they are. So the learning or the lesson for me becomes how we view the crossroads in our lives how we view those circumstances. Simply, are you being a victim of your circumstance or are you taking ownership for it? There's, there's a quote that says, success is 10% your circumstances and 90% how you respond to those circumstances. And while I believe there is some truth to that, perhaps it should be 90% how you view your circumstance. When I retired from hockey, I worked with a transformational leadership company called Paracom International. And in my learning uh, with Paracom and their transformational leadership work, you, you learn a, that transformation is about changing ourselves. It's not about changing the circumstance. It's rather, it, it's changing your relationship to the circumstance. So becoming a different observer. You see things differently. You see different possibilities. And then with different possibilities, then we can then create new commitments. So at the heart of creating transformation, creating change, creating success, at the core is a relationship to our circumstance, how we see it what our perspective is, how we see those, those crossroads. We all have different circumstances in our life and a good start when you want to create a change to me is first thinking, are you being a victim of your circumstance or are you taking ownership? And I really do believe it's a choice. So choose wisely. 
I want to thank today's guest, Jason Podolin, and I also want to thank you, the listener. I appreciate you tuning in. And please, if you have enjoyed this podcast or have received any value, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening as it really is the way that helps others to find this podcast in the podcast algorithms that are out there. And also, if you have any thoughts, feedback, requests, please come find me and connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Brad M. Lieb. And thank you again for joining me. And until next week, keep going and enjoy your life. See you next time. I think that went very well.